Welcome to Once Upon a Time's New Romans. I am here with Kate. Hello, everyone. Hello. And we are a writing podcast, and we are here to enhance your day with information on how to write a little bit better. That's what we're here for. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's basically our entire description is how to write from people who are a couple of writers. So we're going to be talking with our guest today is Terry Fallis. He's a best-selling author of nine novels and a winner of several awards, including the Libris Award for Author of the Year and two-time winner of the Stephen Leacock Medal for Humor. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This should be fun then. Mm-hmm. Especially our topic today is description. Yeah. And how to write description. So this was like, I think, the episode we were most excited for. It's it's a topic that many writers struggle with. Description is hard. It's, right? You can either do too much or too little, and either way, you can lose a you can lose a reader very easily. Oh yeah, I've definitely read books where I'm like, uh, uh-uh, too much. No, too much or too little. Yeah, it oh, just doesn't do it. Absolutely. So today we're going to be talking to someone who may be able to shed a little bit of light on how to do it properly. All right. Without further ado, let's tune in your writing brain and create. So, Terry Fallis is joining us via Zoom. Terry, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. So, we're going to get right into it. Um, How do you strike a balance between providing enough description to paint a vivid picture for the audience and avoiding excessive detail that might slow down the narrative? You raise a good question. I think it's easy to, to pad your work by putting a little too much description in. I like to have enough detail that it makes it seem real. And particularly if I actually haven't been to the place about which I am writing. Uh, and when that happens, I I look for a couple of details that I can throw in that someone who has been there will, will say to him or herself, ah, uh, he's been there, even though I haven't. Uh, so uh, I try not to do to do too much, particularly in physical descriptions of characters. In a way, I want the, uh, the, the readers to... Uh, to develop their own image of the character in their mind. And it may not quite match mine. Uh, so uh, that's sort of how I do it, a, a blend of instinct uh, and experience after you've done it for a while and, and gone on too long, uh, you dial it back the next time around. That makes a lot of sense um, coming into a story setting. Um, so you said something about show and tell. And that's a really common writing adv- like advice to give. So how would you apply that principle in your descriptive storytelling? Like, do you have an example? You know, showing don't telling is it don't tell is one of those classic axioms uh, of writer schools and and writing classes. And I think you can take that a little too far sometimes. Uh, I think sometimes describing something or or telling rather than showing, uh, has it, it has its place, uh, but ideally, if you can develop your characters by uh, having the reader witness their behavior rather than accepting the narrator's uh, voice, uh, I think it's probably better. Uh, but I don't. I think there's always a place for some straight narrative exposition. Uh, sometimes you need that, particularly if you have unreliable <laughs> narrators. Personally, I had the show don't tell um, phrase preached to me through all of my English classes, all of my writing. But and I personally, I find it difficult to follow knowing exactly what it means. So thank you for the clarification on your opinion of it. 
Um, so how do you use description to set tone, like set the tone or the mood in a scene? Well, you want the reader to understand where they are uh, and to have a feel for not just the location and what the room might look like, or if you're out in a field, what the field might look like, but also what the the feeling of of the scene is itself beyond the the physical uh, description of it. Uh, one of my uh, one of the things I've done over the years, I've really only written in the first person. My, all of all nine of my novels have been first person narratives, which in a way releases you a bit from the show don't tell because the narrative voice is, is always there. Uh, so the, when that omniscient narrator might be saying something to help us, it's almost better, I think, coming from the first person narrator because they're a character in the play. Like they're right there in the uh, in what's going on. Um, so again, description is, is really important. I, I focus on, as I mentioned earlier, just a couple of key details that uh, that places the reader in the room with you and makes it feel authentic. Uh, and that could just be, you know, describing the wallpaper and the thought that it triggered in the mind of one of the characters. It might be the lamp. It might be the carpet. It might be the coffee ring on the blotter on the desk. But some little, little detail that that seems so real that it makes the the scene seem more real because uh, uh, it doesn't really add anything to the actual to to pushing the narrative forward it simply makes the scene feel more real that makes so much sense in just how to add like a little bit of color into the scene but not like overwhelm your reader entirely right so specifically when it comes to characters and if you're introducing a new character how would you decide which details to include in the description? Like, when does it become too much? Well, if they're if the character has a quirk, you like that quirk to emerge early because uh, it sort of sets the the tone. It could be a, a pattern of speaking. Uh, it could be something they do with their hands. You know, he was jingling his keys in his pocket, uh, and you know, it doesn't mean anything if you the first time it comes up. But the third, fourth, and fifth time it comes up later in the story, uh, it's really helpful in shaping that character's, um, well, their personality and and who they are. Uh, so I look for something that can distinguish them so that uh, the reader can look for that later on in the process. And sometimes it means the character, you don't give away too much in the first meeting or the second encounter. It's only the third time that we begin to, to get to know them a little bit. And that bit of mystery has helped drive the story uh, before you get to know the character a little better. So what advice do you have for aspiring storytellers when it comes to crafting effective descriptions? Uh, don't go too far. Sometimes less is more. And I say that as someone who in my first novel, in hindsight, I can see myself pounding things into the ground when they were already well established, uh, particularly on the humor front. I know we're talking description here, but uh, so I, I, I'm, on the, I'm on the lookout for when I've gone too far and that when it's not necessary, when you're not giving the reader enough credit 
uh, to stay with you, or you're not giving your own story enough credit. Uh, they, that can carry much of the load, the characters and, and the story. The, I think the descriptions are there uh, really to make it, uh, I don't want to repeat myself, but it just the descriptions make it feel real, that it's not a fake story, that it might actually be happening. Uh, so uh, what advice? Pick a few things uh, to, to describe. Uh, it, it, just because you've described the upholstery on the chair in some detail doesn't mean that you have to describe the walls, the ceiling, the light fixtures, and the door handle with the same degree of specificity or, or detail. Uh, give them just a few. I think sometimes less is more. And you can really get bogged down. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter to me whether the walls are, are lime green or light blue, unless there's a specific reason for the wall color to be described. You just want to give them a sense of place without making them feel like they've lived in that room their entire life and they're sick of it before you get to what's actually happening in the room, which is generally more important than the description. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely some of the best advice I think I've heard for just how to put details into your story because as somebody who tries to write every now and then it is so easy to just go in there and put descriptor after descriptor especially if you're like oh i would like to hit a word count today right that's just kind of it's, it's just exactly yeah otherwise it just kind of comes filler words right i have a tendency of really falling in love with the way i write and i think <laughs> i have a problem with over describing things because i'm like oh this is so good people know where they are <laughs> but i need to scale back a little bit so that advice well, is because it's it, it it's it depends what you're what you're writing uh if you're writing and this is a story telling podcast so story is is important uh and i don't know too many stories that wrap me up uh that have three paragraphs of description of the car they're driving in uh when it doesn't really advance the story or contribute to the story or build the tension uh, I mean, there are reasons for doing description, which isn't always just to describe. Sometimes it's to delay something, to delay the reader from reaching, uh, you know, to build some tension. So I, I, that's a valid reason for over-describing something uh, if you're trying to amp up the tension. Okay, based on books and storytelling, uh, on what we discussed today, can you recommend a book that for our listeners kind of about description or something in that field? Well, I probably will be recommending a book that that m many other people would recommend. Uh, not to be too trite, but Stephen King's On Writing is very good in for many different things. And I don't actually write the way Stephen King writes, yet I was inspired by what how he describes his own process. Uh, but I do I think Stephen King's is, is a great book for any writer that's getting started. He writes without pretense. I find like. He, it's hard to, uh, when you're reading it, you don't think that you're reading something written by someone who's sold hundreds of millions of books around the world. It feels like he's just your writing coach uh, at the community college. Uh, and uh, But he gives really good advice, I, I think. Uh, so that's a good one. I have a first edition of that that I sort of keep handy to uh, to look at. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it was a, an honor and a pleasure to talk to you. I think we had... Your advice is going to stick with both of us. I know that for sure. Oh, yeah, sure. definitely. And most likely with our listeners as well. 
Oh, well, look, Kate and Becca, thanks for having me and uh, all the best with your own writing beyond the podcast. So, Kate, what did you think about all of that description? That was an incredible description on description. Right? I loved it. I I want to go write something and just describe everything. Yeah, I, I've been finding that, especially at the end of our podcast, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I just need to have a notebook in front of me and just be writing as we're talking. Like, I just have the, that tingling in my fingers. Right? I want to go and like, oh, I need to create something. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So, but for book recommendations, what do you have? Okay, so I have a book. It's a duology, so just two book series. I okay. know I usually recommend three. Yeah, but this one's this is just a change a two. of pace. All right. I know. I'm slowing down a little bit. So it's called Crier's War by Nina Varela. It's a science fiction fantasy where automatons, so humanoid machines, Ooh. have become in power and humans are less and these automatons are in power. It's just incredibly detailed okay. and it you have to read it because it it's not description heavy towards it becomes too much. Yeah. But you are there. You are there uh, in the world, you are there in the scene and it's just it's a beautifully written story. I I think we both got the kind of have the love of once you open a book you're just immediately in the pages. Yeah. of it, right? So my book of recommendation is kind of on one of those vibes. Mm-hmm. So I actually called my dad yeah. <laughs> to go and figure out, like, okay, like, what's, what what book should I recommend for this? And it is All's Quiet on the Western Front. But it was about a World War One German soldier. Mm-hmm. And the moment you open the book, you are in the middle of the trenches. Like, there is oh. no prelude. There's nothing. You're just in it. And you're in the war. And it was so, one of those books that you were just so immediately in it. Like, when you tear yourself away, it was just, you, you had to, like, take a minute and breathe. You had to on, digest it. Digest it, right? And it was written by a German veteran of World War One, And so everything, all the description in there is stuff the guy actually saw and then he wrote about. And it's it's brutal. That's rough. It's brutal and it's rough, but it was so, so well done. I it, Top five books of all times. Wow. Yeah. A, we recommend a lot of books on right? this podcast. Right? I, I don't even think I can think of my top five. We're so. going to just have to have an entire podcast eventually about the list of books. Like just list them off for a solid 10 minutes. Oh, my God. That's, right. That's too much. I'll have to. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> that's so much. That's all right. If you want to find out more about books and writing, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pfizer, and several other sites. Or just check out our website at once upon a times newromans.transistor.fm for total episodes, full episodes, and complete details. So we'll see you guys next time. And remember, every story is worth being told.